Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? week we talked about shame as a weapon of control or shame as a healthy expression of belonging. When shame is in its rightful place as part of us, it is giving us the message that connection is broken so that we can take action, mend fences, reconnect. Here in the United States, our understanding of connection and belonging is deeply challenged. We have taken the experiment of elevating individualism And we have run with it. And instead of focusing our efforts on belonging and connection, we have focused our efforts on elevating ourselves, proving ourselves, relying on ourselves. And then othering anyone who doesn't do the same or who gets in our way. There are some really good and beautiful things that have come out of this individualism and the celebration of personhood, singular personhood. And as you can imagine, and as you see, I'm sure, there are plenty of pitfalls and pathologies that have grown up out of this intense devotion to individualism. Today, I want to talk about something I see in the magical community, in the yoga community, in the spiritual community, where we are desperate in my eyes what I see is a lot of desperation where we are desperate to be seen to be valued to have our worth and worthiness reflected back to us by our community in a healthy community that would happen because of the codes of conduct that we've all agreed upon together our self would be reflected back to us as part of the whole. 
But instead, what we have is a situation of clamoring and a desire for, for egolessness or spiritual attainment or becoming a hollow bone or becoming the embodiment of archetypal energy, a priestess of Kali, a priestess of the Morrigan, where our personal identity is supplanted by an archetypal energy. I've also seen this in people who are channelers and channeling these archetypal energies or channeling these spiritual beings. And what I see as a pitfall, as a product of this particular hyper-individual culture, is that the way our psyches are wired We don't have a safe container of belonging that grounds us that we can truly be a hollow bone, that we belong so fully to our identity as oracle, as healer, that we can rest in that identity so fully supported by our culture that we can actually be hollow so that we can actually channel these energies. I'm not saying it never happens, but I don't think it happens nearly as much as it's purported to happen. What seems to happen instead is that the channeler, the healer, the spiritual person instead of being hollow and allowing energies of healing to move through them, they are desperately seeking validation through being a yoga teacher, through being an energy practitioner, through being a witch, because that's what we're wired to do in this culture. We are wired to seek external validation and to be seen and have that image reflected back to us. And so we become addicted to likes and follows and shares. And we start to use our gifts, our talents as a medium or a channel or an energy worker or a witch as a platform to project our own unmet needs, our judgments, our desires. And so we end up giving everyone the medicine that we need. Sorry if you can hear Mac groaning in the background. That's our golden retriever puppy. He's exasperated by humans too. <laughs> So many times I've heard channels give messages to people that they desperately needed to hear themselves. So many times I've seen witches post the aesthetics of their workings 
for likes and follows and shares. When we all know that the most powerful workings are hidden and must be hidden to be powerful. Many times over the years, I have seen colleagues, teachers, and friends become so committed to the death of their egos and their service to deity without a sacred container of relationship and belonging and accountability to elders that they lose themselves completely becoming groundless, losing touch with reality to the point of inability to function in our world requiring hospitalization. Now this is a correlation, not a causation. I'm not saying that intense spiritual work will necessarily lead to mania or psychosis, but I do think it can be a contributing factor especially in this cultural milieu that is so focused on desperate need for belonging and in the particular way of affirmation from external sources. But there are no healthy external sources to provide that affirmation, to provide that wise community of elders that we can be accountable to. Instead, we're making ourselves accountable to our followers on Instagram or the people who comment or stitch our TikToks. And we know that those people who are interacting with us on social media can go hot and cold in one second. They can be singing our praises one moment and canceling us in the next. And the amount of volatility, unpredictability, superficiality in that kind of community is a disaster. It is so dangerous for those of us who are seeking the mirror there. As a world, we are going through great changes, technologically, politically, We're beginning to understand the human mind in ways that we haven't before. The workings of the human mind are changing. The way we perceive the world is changing. The way our nervous systems engage with the world is changing. We are already in a state of flux. And to be a deeply spiritual person in a world that is so in flux requires community, a healthy community that we can ground ourselves into, that will make sure we're eating, that will make sure we're taking our meds, that will make sure to say something to us if our behavior is erratic. If our practice calls us to embody archetypal energies, if your practice is calling in Lilith or calling in the Morrigan or 
any of these kinds of intense archetypal gods and goddesses. It is so important that we do that work in a container of safety. That we are sure to banish that energy when we are done the working. That they don't get to just continue to dwell within us. That all energy left behind is grounded into the earth and not left to keep spinning our minds. That the physical container of the body is nourished and rested and hydrated before that kind of working. When we are working magic, we are attuning our nervous system to forces unseen. And that requires care and responsibility if we wish to continue to live in a human body. I've seen my brothers and sisters on the magical path destroy their nervous systems without care for the body that is the conduit for that energy. And I've seen brothers and sisters destroy their mental health, seeking validation in places that are not worthy of them. And taking to heart the words of people who don't know them, but are eager to shame them, to cancel them, to punish them. This topic has been at the forefront of my mind as I watch another friend and teacher becoming lost to this ungroundedness, this spinning out of control. If you live in a place where it is hard to find a community of humans to hold and support you, we can look to the natural world, to what is tangible and physical in front of us to hold a container of support and accountability. People for thousands, probably more, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years have looked to the trees to the mountains, to the ocean, to the boulders and the rivers as guides and teachers and as deity. allowing the natural world to be part of that network of support and of seeing us. The raw honesty with which the rabbit sees us offers us so much more clarity than a faceless person in an online community. If rabbit sees fit to draw near to us, to graze clover at our feet. That is a reflection we can trust. Our nervous system is calm and integrated. And if it weren't, Bunny would feel that. So 
So if you are finding your sense of community and your sense of self as a spiritual person, trying to become egoless, trying to be a hollow bone for big magic, because we know the world needs big magic right now, I implore you to find a community that can ground you in what is real. And we are on earth. We have physical bodies with physical needs. Some of us require pharmaceuticals to live well in these bodies. And to ignore that or demonize that or shame that does a disservice to us all. Every time I work with an herbalism client, whether they're a spiritual person or not, we talk about the essential basics of having a human body. Are you getting enough minerals, magnesium, potassium, sodium? Are you getting enough vitamin D? Have you had your blood levels tested lately? Are you drinking enough water? And is your water clean? Are you moving enough to get your lymph flowing? Because the lymph cannot move without our mechanical movement of our muscles or massage. Are you eating the major food groups? Do you get enough protein? Do you get enough fat? And is the fat coming to you from healthy sources? Remember, fat and oils do not come from things that do not feel fat and oily in their whole form. Soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil. These are not healthy oils for the human body. Are your grains as whole as possible or sprouted or fermented to make their nutrition more bioavailable for you? Are you connecting to the earth's magnetic field by being barefoot or out in nature? Are you connecting to the lunar rhythms by gazing on the moon? These are practical daily things that we can do that honor the animal bodies that we inhabit as spiritual beings. We will be spiritual beings at the end of this life. We will return to wherever we have come from and whatever you believe about that. But during our time incarnated on this planet, we are stewards of these pieces of earth loaned to us by the mother herself. We are tasked with caring for them well. Are your psychological needs being met? Are there people in your circle that you can have deep philosophical conversations with, if that matters to you? Are there people in your circle who will tell you the truth? Do you feel safe? Can you be a safe place for others? Care of the mind. 
is extremely important for magical people for all the reasons I've already mentioned. Do you trust your emotions? Can you let yourself be with them, even the really big ones, without feeling like you have to act on them? Are you confident in knowing your North Star and your moral code? So when it's time to act, you know you can act with clarity and confidence that your actions will bring you closer to what you truly seek. These questions are the foundation of a magical life. If we can answer these questions in a way that is affirmative and strong and grounded and humble and certain, our potential to work big magic is extremely expansive. If our container is not healthy and we approach the energies that create the foundation of the universe, they will demand course correction from us. And they may do it in ways that blow our lives apart. feel like I've been offering a lot of cautionary tales on the podcast lately. And I do that from the place of a mother's love as I look around and I see so much suffering. And I certainly don't know all the answers. And I certainly don't know the way we have to walk to get to where we're going well and safe and whole. But there are some things I've picked up along the way. Some things I'm pretty sure of. And these are some of those things. If you feel yourself slipping if you feel yourself affected negatively by your relationships on social media if you feel your physical container wobbling get back to basics make sure you're getting enough sleep and get help with that if you can't Make sure your diet is balanced and healthy and get help with that if you can't. And there's lots of help out there now. YouTube videos and online communities and all kinds of people you can hire if your resources allow it. Or sometimes just people near you that you look at and know they're doing really well and you can ask them for help. Belonging is part of the bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs Um, that was sort of omitted whenever it was published, but our belonging to our community is both the bottom of our needs list and the top of our needs list. We start out in community with the land we live on, with our ancestors, with the people we belong to. We rise up to individuation 
after all of our needs are met. And from that place of individuation and self-knowledge, we return to the foundation of belonging. The self we find at the apex of the pyramid becomes a gift we give to those we belong to. Not a portal of ascension out and away, but a thread that ties us back down and into all other things. We have a long road ahead of us in all of this transition. May we care well for ourselves and each other as we move through it all together. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me.